This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What about this internet thing? Do you, do you know anything about that? Sure. <laughs> what, what the hell is that exactly? Well, it's, it's become a place where people are publishing information. Right. So everybody can have their own homepage. Companies are there. The latest information. It's wild what's going on. You can send electronic mail to people. Uh, it is the big new thing. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's easy to criticize something you don't fully understand, which is my position here. Go ahead. But I, I can remember a couple of months ago, there was like a big breakthrough announcement <laughs> that on the internet or on some computer deal, they were going to broadcast a, a baseball game. You could listen to a baseball game on your computer. And I just thought to myself, does radio ring a bell? <laughs> That's Bill Gates and David Letterman talking about the Internet in 1995. Think about that. We're talking about 20, not even 30 years ago. Um, how far we have come at sort of the infancy of the Internet. Dave didn't even know what it was. Bill Gates trying to walk him through it. Now, I'm assuming, and I'm going to learn today, and I think you are too, that was phase one of the Internet, I think. But there's, did you know there's three stages or phases or whatever you want to call them, and we're about to enter phase three? I certainly didn't. So let's find out exactly uh, where we've been and where we're going and what some of the problems might be. We're going to talk about... Web 3 or 3.0 with Adrian Ma, who's an assistant professor of journalism at Toronto Metropolitan University. Adrian, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Shay, thanks so much for having me, man. Okay, so if we're talking about three phases of the internet here, before we get to phase three and where we're headed, let's go back to the beginning. What was phase one? I completely missed it. When were we in phase one? <laughs> uh, I think I was in high school and, okay. uh, and, and just, just worrying, <laughs> worrying more about um, uh, changing the locker room than the internet. But uh, what I would say is phase one was really the early 90s. The first iteration of the Internet was this idea of a read-only experience, right? So you had maybe, you know, a few thousand web pages. They were uh, uh, organized and um, looked, o- looked over by webmasters. Um, so it was a very static experience, right? It was just pages of information. Uh, and then we move on to the next phase, which is in the early 2000s. We start getting much more into social media. We start getting into blogging and publishing. So people become creators and sharers as well as people who are uh, absorbing information. So we okay. have people now, you know, in, in, you know, uh, creating contents and, and sharing it, which is kind of where we are at this moment. But we also now find ourselves on the doorstep of the next phase of the Internet. And there are some interesting, uh, interesting visions uh, for this next step. Okay, so we're going to call it Phase 3 as an overarching title. But there's, like you say, there's <laughs> different concepts of what fit into that, right? Two competing thoughts, Web 3 or Web 3.0, is that right? That's correct. And they're not necessarily competing. So let me, let me break this down a okay, little bit. Okay, go for it. The internet, the internet of today is really dominated by platforms, right? I mean, we've got multiple accounts everywhere for different purposes. These platforms don't really work together. They're walled gardens. They've got their own systems and their own rules. Web3 is a movement towards a more decentralized internet, and this is built on blockchain technology. All right, so what the heck does that mean? Yeah. In a, in a nutshell, it means um, developing a host of apps that allow for more direct information sharing, right? More control over private data, far less reliance on entities that have become the intermediaries of our online experiences. So big tech companies, banks, 
credit card companies and the like. Uh, blockchain is infrastructure because with blockchain, data is stored on multiple networks of computers with no central point of control, rather than centralized databases, which is the case with the Internet right now. Okay, so, so that means like you your bank has the data, your the last place you went shopping has the data, but they exactly. don't talk to each other. Right on, right on. So people would be moving towards things like smart wallets, cryptocurrency, and other forms of direct peer-to-peer connection. So in a Web3 Internet, uh, people could use one unique web account, do all their browsing, shopping, social media, without having to create a dozen different accounts on a dozen different platforms and sharing their private data to do so. Okay, now that sounds great, and this is the way it works with the internet, Adrian. You know this; it always sounds great. Oh, this is going to be so wonderful, and then it turns out, oh, oh, there was some really bad things that happened there. What are the risks that are exposed with this uh, third phase of the internet? Well, as we kind of get more involved with decentralizing uh, web platforms, it opens up all sorts of logistical issues and legal complications. So one feature of Web3 is the idea of uh, fractionalized ownership. So with that, you could have multiple people owning small percentages of some kind of digital asset. What happens when there's a dispute between some of the parties? Uh, So governments are right now scrambling to develop new regulations for everything from digital asset sales, taxation, to consumer protections, to the really complex privacy and and piracy concerns involved. Um, I mean, one thing is that if you remove uh, a company like uh, a tech company or a bank as an intermediary, um, you know, you're you're kind of much more vulnerable in, in some sense, because if uh, you know, some transactions happen using your accounts, uh, at least at this moment, you can go and, and get your money back. Uh, with blockchain, once that transaction is made, it is permanent and forever. Okay. For a guy like me who has a phone, has an iPad with a keyboard on it, and spends a lot of time on a computer at work, how is this going to change the way that I interact with the Internet? With so much of our lives are spent on the Internet now. How does this change our day-to-day interaction? You know, I think in some ways it could make uh, for more interesting community building uh, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it gives you a bit more choice, I think, in the matter. Whether you want to participate in an Internet that... Uh, is is really dominated by a lot of platforms, and, and there is utility and there is reasons why. Um, it it kind of gives people just more options in which, uh, you know, if, if I want to keep my data more private, if I would rather, uh, you know, connect to people in a more direct peer-to-peer way, it does give you options in that respect. What about AI? Because this is the, the emerging frontier with all of this sort of stuff. How does it fit into phase three? So this is where we kind of take the conversation more into the idea of Web 3.0. And I know this is confusing because they are technically different things. Um, So if Web 3 is really about using blockchain as a new sort of Internet infrastructure, Web 3.0 is more about the way information uh, is organized and shared on the Internet. So with Web 3.0, the big idea is that it'll be an Internet of linked data. So what do we mean Mm -hmm. by this? Right now, the Internet is like a giant document depot, right? We've got mountains of information stored apart from each other in separate databases owned by different companies. With Web 3.0, there's a suggestion that information could be stored in individual open source databases where we could choose to share what data uh, could be linked to each other, uh, opening up these silos. So it would get more efficient. It'd be more accurate. And this leads to this idea that's really critical to Web 3.0, which is of the semantic web. So right now, computers are pretty good at searching for things based on our instructions to them, but they don't comprehend the meaning of what we're asking them, right? They, they can't discern the intents behind what we're searching for. So if you're able to link data on that level, 
AI can train uh, computers to understand our web searches in a more quote-unquote human way so that it can understand the meaning behind our requests and help us act accordingly. What could this look like? So let's say right now uh, you are searching for your favorite movie. Like, sorry, sorry a, a movie that you're interested in seeing. Okay. And what often pops up? A listing of local showtimes, yeah. maybe the option to buy tickets. With Web 3.0, when you search for a film, your computer may suggest to you Hey, Shay, it looks like you're interested in this movie. While your friends Jill and Jake have looked at this movie, too, do you guys want to go see the 2 o'clock show on Saturday, as that's when you're all available? So you see how <laughs> with linked data, with linked data, that could really be a transformational Internet experience. Yeah, boy, could it ever. And it also seems kind of dangerous. So it's tracking where you are, what you're doing, what you're thinking of, as well as other people that you've interacted. I mean, I can see the upside for sure, but I can also, it seems scary to me, to be honest with you, Adrian. Should it be? I, I think so. I think every, every new technology that we, we take, you know, uh, we, we're, we're often, you know, kind of making things as we go along. And, and of course, this uh, leads to great innovations. It also leads to the great concerns. I think yeah. with Web 3.0, um, as much as it is about sharing linked data, I think it does offer as well more uh, options for people to not share certain things. And so there is that sense that um, there, there may be more uh, ability to control your privacy with that, right? So you don't have to participate if you don't want to, but the option for you is there. Is this happening? I mean, are we already there? I mean, we already started down this road. What's the timeline? We started down this road. Uh, I think by most estimates, it's, it will take, you know, uh, several more years of development. Um, okay. And again, Web3 and Web3.0 aren't competing visions. In fact, uh, whatever next phase of the Internet will, will take place will likely involve uh, elements of, of both of these. <sighs> Brave new world. Adrian, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.